0: Welcome to the Strong, Single and Human podcast, a real look at single parenting, the ups and downs, and how to navigate life with kids on your own while keeping sane. Covering subjects such as domestic violence through to fussy eaters and solo dating, I'm your host, Claire Martin. Welcome. Today, I have Alan Stevens joining me. Alan is an Amazon number one best-selling author, a coach and a trainer, and has been referred to by the UK press as the leading authority on reading people, and by the Australian Herald as the mentalist meets Dr. Phil. Alan teaches people how to understand themselves and read other people so that they can create better and longer lasting relationships in all areas of their lives. He has worked with international businesses, the likes of Disney Films and Gillette, High profile organizations like the Australian Federal Police, as well as parents and teachers to help them understand and engage their clients, prospects and children to reach their full potential while improving the experience for all. His latest community initiative is the Campfire Project. The Campfire is a safe place for men and women to give themselves permission to tell their stories, to share their experiences and wisdom from around the world. This is his hashtag WeTogether initiative. Hi, Alan. Thanks for coming and speaking to us. It's a real pleasure to talk to you today.
1: Thank you, Claire. It's great to be here. Thanks for the invitation.
0: So, Alan, the Campfire Project. um, Tell me a bit more about the Campfire Project and and what made you create
1: it. Well, it uh, came from, it stemmed from a lot of uh, my background of what I've been through that I knew that there were things in my life that I needed to do along the way. But in my work, especially talking to uh, businessmen, I was asking them in general where are some of your concerns? You know, what sort of issues are there? And a lot of them were saying that they didn't really know their um, their role in the family or at work because with all the at home, they thought it was you know go out, earn the money, pay the mortgage, and everything else, and provide for the family. But then they were finding that they were emotionally absent or they weren't there, and so they thought, well, how can we be in two places at once? And then at work, where we used to be able to just talk any way we liked when it was mostly men, now we've got all the gender issues and that's mm. pushing a lot of buttons. So we're so confused, we're very careful about what we say and that causes frustration. And I realised that when men are frustrated, they think that stems onto anger and anger stem- stems onto action and the wrong type of action. And I thought, right, if we're going to reduce things like uh, bullying and uh, domestic violence and things like that, we're not going to do it the way we've been doing it. We need to do something different, and that is to get the frustration out of the men, create a safe place where they could come and tell their stories. Mm. And with my background with um, Aboriginal culture and the immersion into understanding the, the rites of passage, bringing boys into manhood, what that was all about, but not only bringing boys into manhood, taking it to the next level, and that's helping men to become better men. To do that we needed a safe place for the men to give themselves permission to tell their stories. So the Campfire Project, I created it for the men initially. Now I say initially for men, it's always had women in there from day one because the last thing I wanted to do was just create another group that's seen by everybody else as a secret society and therefore people clashing with it And because we've got me too, we've got men too, we've got all these different groups and they're all looking at each other and saying you're the problem. Yes. We're never going to solve a problem with that. So I realised that we needed a situation where a, a group where men and women could stand shoulder to shoulder looking at the problem and solving it together.
0: Yeah. And
1: so, But I needed to get the men to open up first because, you know, we've been told to um, all of our life, and in my case I was told to keep it down, you know, suck it up if you've got any issues and everything, else, you know, you know, deal with your own emotions, you know, be strong and all the rest. And then we're told we're supposed to be emotional. We're supposed to be able to express ourselves. Well, in my case, it was at that stage, about 65 years of of sucking it down, keeping it Mm. under wraps and everything. And now all of a sudden, I've got to express it. And I wasn't doing it too well because in my second marriage, I've been married and divorced twice. Mm -hmm. My second marriage was a short one. And I realized a lot of that was due to the fact that I couldn't emotionally express myself. I needed to and I wanted to, but I couldn't. So in the Campfire Project, I thought all these other men, create a safe place, get them where they start to feel comfortable with expressing themselves, turn it into not just one-on-one interviews but also then panel discussions. So when men have done a few one-on-ones or a one-on-one, get a few men together and talk about issues and always under the level of respect. And once we started running the panel discussions, that's when the women started sending me personal messages saying never heard men talk like this before we love them can we get into the conversations what can we do how do we do it and I said well I've been waiting for you to put your hands up
0: well no and I think you're I think you're right I think it's great because look I mean we're expecting men to actually change overnight Hmm. and you've actually um, been in an environment and have um, all of these pressures on you to act a certain way and then from a female women's perspective we're supposed to go right well Change overnight, please. And, you know, we, I think we both sexes need to take responsibility. Mm. And it's not about men and women, black, white, or whatever. It's about human beings at the end of the day. And I, I think I love what you're doing. I think it's great.
1: So with the, um, excuse me, with the, uh, the women, I started doing the one on ones with them, brought them into the panel discussions. We've had over 200, getting on to 270 one on one interviews now where we sit around, I sit down on Zoom with one person at a time talking about uh, the issues, that, uh, what they've been through. They, they tell their story and they tell as much or as little as they want to share. And uh, from there, they come into the panel discussions. And then with the uh, panel discussions, we've had 100 and, over 130 uh, panel discussion yeah. where men and women are sitting there talking about all sorts of issues and not once. In two and a half years that we've been running this, has anyone been rude to anybody else? If you don't agree with somebody, it's a case of explain to me how that uh, works. Now, I don't really understand that myself, but explain to me so I can. In that concept, we actually learn to understand the other person. Mm -hmm. We understand where they're coming from. They can understand where we're coming from. We may change our views or we may just agree that, hey, we're different. That's fine.
0: So explain to me a bit more about the panel um, discussions then. So you have one-to-one uh, discussions with people, but then the panel discussions, like how many people are in these panels? Do you actually, are you on a Zoom call? Do you actually physically sit in the same area? What, what happens on those?
1: Well, because uh, the people are all over the world, we've had panel discussions with people from England, America, uh, New Zealand, uh, around Asia and the um, and Europe. So. They can be from anywhere, and I would advertise them for different times of the day so it's sort of accommodated for people's time zones that are in. But it's on Zoom, and you know that when you've, we're on Zoom here together side by side, we've got the black section above and below, but when you've got yeah. four people, they fill the screen beautifully. Yeah. And so it's me and three, three of the people who have done a one-on-one.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: In that process, the way I do it is I would advertise I've got these dates and these times. And I use a system where people can book in and it will accept three people. Once it's three people are in, it, they've got to move to another date and see if there's one available there. Now, when I send those out, I've sent out, I've put them out for, say, three weeks or so, and I've had thir- uh, 10 panel discussions that I've advertised, so 30 people, and quite often they're filled within two or three hours.
0: Blimey. That's awesome. Now, I've
1: also, because I want to get people to know each other, we don't have a subject up front. We get three people into the panel. Then I introduce everybody to each other and go, right, go and check out each other's one-on-ones if you haven't seen it before. So this is my st- sneaky way to make sure that everybody starts understanding and getting to know each other. And then I, from that I go, okay, you guys tell me what you want to talk about. They've okay. checked out each other. They understand each other's expertise. And then they go, I think this would be a great subject that we can all talk about.
0: And it's any subject. Like it doesn't yeah. have to be like deep delving, like emotional subject or anything like that. I no, mean, no.
1: Give, we give we me an example
0: covered. of some subjects that you talk
1: about. Yeah, well, we started off with the men, first of all, with looking at masculinity and especially the toxic masculinity with the uh, Gillette ad and how that created so many problems for the genders. Oh.
0: Yeah, and, then, and old uh, spice and all of those other ones. <laughs> uh,
1: this one was all looking at and you know, making uh, boys, yeah, you know, pe- uh, picking on boys and things like that, and making them feel as though they're wrong because yeah, wrong. all those sort of issues. But we talked about pornography. with um, when the women came into the group, um, we've talked about uh, menstruation. We've talked about menopause because oh, okay. at the end of the day, a father, he's got a daughter, he needs to understand what she's going to go through when she has a period. He yeah. needs to be there for her, not someone who just goes, oh, I don't know what to do here.
0: Yeah,
1: talk to your mother as such. And with these you know, young guys with their partners to understand what they go through as well so that they can then bring them together. At the same time, to understand if your partner's gone through menopause, to know how to, you know, understand that emotions again as well. So all these conversations were delved into it, and not once has there been any rudeness or any angst between the conversations. There's always no. just run perfectly. And purely. That's
0: awesome. That's awesome.
1: We've got one of the guys who stepped up. because My belief is that um, if you're a leader, your job is to make yourself redundant. And that's by raising yeah. everybody up to your level so you can go and do other things. So in the Campfire Project, I noticed a few guys said to me, oh, I've got my group, it's my bus and I drive it. And I went, well, the Campfire Project, I built the bus. I've been driving the bus, but now I'm getting into the passenger seat. Because let's face it, if you've ever travelled in a vehicle with somebody else, the passenger always sees more than what the driver sees.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: I'm enjoying the passenger seat. I'm still on the journey, and others are stepping up and driving the bus. One uh, Scott, a uh, young guy, he, he stepped up and he's now running a panel discussion on a Thursday night, and his is a live one, where um, which means he's limited in the number of yeah. people or from where they are that they can come into it. But um, one of his subjects was, does size matter in the bedroom? <laughs> and you can well, imagine where that conversation I bet you went. that
0: conversation, there was a lot to talk about in that conversation, I can imagine.
1: <laughs> well, I took my hat off to him because on that one, he put the question. So I'm going to send this out to about uh, five of the women. So, with a bit of luck, I might get three of them because we wanted that one to be the women explaining. You'd have that. got all five, he got did all
0: you?
1: Five. Yeah. There <laughs> we <laughs> He had six on screen. It was brilliant.
0: Oh, no, yeah, no, I can imagine. No, that would be... And, hey, look, us women, we have our opinions, believe you me. Mm. So, yeah, no, that's fantastic. And it's great that he's open enough to want to explore that subject and learn about it, you know, because you men have one view and us women have another.
1: If we're both going to enjoy uh, ourselves we need to know the other party because the more that we understand them and the more our partner enjoys things, the more that we enjoy it. Oh, It's just common sense.
0: Definitely. Everyone's happy then and everyone wins. The children win. You know, the parents win. Everyone wins. And then, you know, hopefully we've not got a statistic of one in three marriages, divorcing and, and you know, various different things like that. So, yeah, no, I completely agree, completely agree. So apart from educating the men on size in the bedroom and things like that like what other benefits have people come to you and said they've got from the campfire project
1: well because i I said that anybody can come in and tell their story and it's open to anybody when i do the one-on-ones and scott and angela and um, young thomas now have started to do one-on-ones as well we always hold that space with person it's never uh, put out live into the group it's always recorded first so the person can go as deep or as shallow as they want with their story. And some have gone extremely deep. And one guy who um, started talking to me, and he was uh, six years old when his brother sold him for theft, and those rapes went on for three years. Oh, and then from there it was physical and emotional abuse from his mother and brother yeah. until mm-hmm. he left home at the age of 15. Mm-hmm. Others who have been you know, raised in uh, houses full of domestic violence, and one guy was 15 years old protecting his two younger brothers and sisters. Because he grabbed his younger sister, who was six months old, out of the crib, out of his parents' bedroom because they were fighting, and he watched his father stab his mother to death. And so when they told those stories, this is why they would tell their stories. Mm -hmm. If they said, no, I've said something I really shouldn't have said, I hit the delete button. Yeah. And they go, but have you wasted your time? And I went, no. The campfire was designed as a place where you could, someone would hold space where you could tell your story. I've done my job. The fact that we then put it up for other people to listen to, that's a bonus.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, and uh, in that way, people then uh, will tell their story as much as they would like to share. If they're a coach, for instance, you know, the second fastest growing industry on the planet is coaching, and that's because the first fastest growing was technology. And with technology, we've got more devices than we've ever had before, but let's face it, we are less connected to oh, each other. I
0: completely agree. part of it. Yeah. and so
1: everybody every man woman and their pet dog are becoming coaches because everyone has a need for coaching and a lot of people haven't worked through their own stuff and they're coaching others yes and so we've had a few people come into the group and the first thing they wanted to do was to start advertising their business what they were doing and I went no if you haven't helped your one-on-one you have no credibility
0: yeah
1: and when you come in if you Yes, you might be coaching now or you've written books. This is what you're doing. That's fantastic. We're going to to get to that. But tell us why you're doing that. What brought you to that in the first place? Because what they didn't realize at first was that's the best sale for what they're doing now is because people then go, they know the person. They know they can like and uh, trust them. Yeah. They know nobody cares what you know until they know how much you care. Yeah. So when the coach talks about what they've been through and why they're doing what they're doing today and therefore how they're doing it, People are sitting in the background who are going, I thought there were no good coaches, but, oh, this person might be a connection. So now the people listening to it, a lot of them were finding coaches through the people who came to the Campfire Project. At the same time, a lot of those coaches are now creating joint ventures around the world.
0: No, which is awesome.
1: So Because I don't believe in uh, competition because competition is a poverty mindset. You're always worried about trying to get your share. Whereas if you look at collaboration, It's an abundance mindset and all these coaches are now working together, sharing resources and ideas. They're growing their knowledge and, therefore, their clients are growing in numbers but also growing in what they receive as well. Well,
0: exactly, and I think it's all around helping people and giving back to the community and giving back to, dare I say it, globally the world because Hmm. we've all had our journeys. We've all gone through what we need to, you know, go through to grow and you know we've had pain and and all of those aspects in our in our lives. I, I, like I know you have I have too, and um you know, yeah. but it's meant we've grown into the people that we are. you know we're here delivering podcasts to try and help people and get people together and talk and and make you know their lives um a little bit different um and to say, hey, you're not on your own." You know all of us have been through it and you know we've come out the other side and there is hope and hey come and talk to us um with the campfire project it, it like is there an age restriction as such or we can you will you accept anyone or
1: yeah what we'll do is if um i ask two questions for uh, when they come into the group there's mm-hmm. part of the hit the join button come up with two questions and they're really the same question, but they're phrased differently. And a lot of people have said to me, oh, but it's the same question. I go, yes, both questions virtually ask whether you'll be respectful to everybody. People said, why did you do it twice? Why didn't you have a different question? The first question was your first set, a chance. The second one was your second chance. Once you're in the group, you're rude to anybody, you're out. So there's no mucking around, I don't care who you are. Well, that's fair enough. And so, it's, of course, this is a place where it has to be keep sacred with holding space for everybody and there is no place for anybody who's rude to anybody else. Yeah, I don't care about your gender. I don't care about your culture. I don't care about your religion or any other thing. There's only one thing and that is will you be respectful to everybody. So there's no age limit in coming into the Campfire Project. It's a Facebook group. So it comes down to what are the Facebook uh, restrictions on age. Yeah, well, I- and
0: that's fair enough.
1: Yeah, because yeah. as a parent, if you're raising your children and we're trying to keep them safe from you know the wider world that may not be trying to do you know, look after them,
0: yeah. we
1: need yeah. to do that. And we, you know, you don't just get your kids into um, Facebook when they're five and ten and oh that my sort God, of thing. No.
0: <laughs> it's bad enough that they're into blooming Blade Blazes or whatever they're into at school now. So yeah, no, I, no, completely agree. Well, we
1: have got one nine-year-old in there. What actually happened, he came in, not so much his own page, but this is Scott's son. Oh, okay. I I interviewed Scott. He then joined the um, panel discussions. Then he decided he wanted to do an interview uh, with his father, who he hadn't spoken to much at all. They'd actually been estranged, separated from each other. His father hadn't seen Scott's, you know, his grandson, Scott's son, more than four times in his nine years of life. Now, when he interviewed his father, he agreed to it. They filmed it. That went into the Campfire Project, and both of them got so much respect and positive comments from everybody who uh, responded to it because he wasn't looking for blame in his father. He was looking to understand why his father had been the way he was. Yeah. But then uh, Oscar had been sitting in, he came in on some of the panel discussions and looked in over his shoulder, and uh, he got to know a few of the people in there, and he said one day to his dad, Dad, I want to interview you. So this nine-year-old went away and got nineteen questions of his own. One of them—they were all pearlers—but this one was right between the eyes for his dad, and it was dad: Why can you give to everybody else, but you find it so hard to give to receive yourself? Yeah. And so that's where he came in. So we know that when you're raising a child, if you're whatever you tell them, they'll take a certain amount of it in, but what they really absorb and take in is what you do.
0: Oh, definitely.
1: with Scott being involved in all of this young Oscar is watching him and learning from him he's maturing so quickly he's still a boy he's still enjoying the boy life but he's got a better understanding what he will tolerate from others what he accepts as being good behavior and bad Mm. behavior he's got those boundaries and that's because he's been around his father
0: yeah well it's monkey see monkey do isn't it to a certain extent with all kids and so therefore if if you you know, if your actions are good and pure and passionate and everything, then, you know, it's definitely um, your kids just see it and emulate it. But, it's it, yeah, no, it's interesting that he wanted to ask questions of his father. So, you know, that's great because kids are learning and absorbing all of the time and wanting to understand. And, look, at the end of the day, our parents, as well as ourselves, are just doing the best we can. with the resources that we've got and we're not perfect yeah no i think it's fantastic it's awesome
1: yeah because everything that we you know we're talking about raising our children when we're raising our children we use the knowledge that we have and where that knowledge came from is observing our parents exactly you know there wasn't an actual written um uh manual that we got with our kids we get it with with our telephones and our watches and our lawnmowers and things like that but the two major things in our lives, our uh, partnerships, relationships, and our uh, children, we don't get a manual for those. No, not a. And
0: manual. I know there are, the, yeah. And I, look, there's a lot of things out there in on the interweb and like you know books that people have read and things like that. Um, yourself being one of those people, but there's so much information out there. But people are different. Everyone's different, and there's all different you know tools and ways of dealing with children as well as you know adults. So. Yeah, no, I completely agree.
1: You know, when you've got children, especially, <laughs> excuse me, every memory we have is stored in every cell of our body, mm. you know, and it's passed down through the gene. So everything that both parents have all their memories at the time they conceive a child goes down in that DNA to the child. And this is why when we have child after child, we find that each, gener- each the next child is different to the previous child. As they jokingly, oh, I've said about my three boys, you know, the first one is so. Uh, yeah, you know, we we created the rules with the first one, but we created the rules for our second son. Yeah, and the third son is the one who ignores them. And so, <laughs> yeah, and that's the way it seems to work. But it's and that follows with a lot of people. They go, "Why is that? What's the similarity?" Well, our first child is something that's amazing that we've got no knowledge about. We're nervous, and everything goes. The next one, we're a little bit more uh, relaxed. A bit more. Mm. Awesome. The third one, we're pretty blasé. By the time that one comes yep.
0: around, yeah, I haven't got three children, but yep, no, definitely, definitely.
1: Our memories, by the time each child is conceived, have changed, and therefore, what goes down the DNA has also changed.
0: Yeah, yeah, so
1: no. All of this, fl- this stuff flows through, so you know, you've got that. So when people talk about past life memories, you know, and talking about, you know reincarnation Mm. or for those that are more scientific minded i talk about well how this is passed down the genes so the memory that you might have may not be yours it could be a previous generation of yours your grandfather grandmothers and that sort of thing that being passed down once we start to understand that we realize that there is a lot in our makeup and a lot of things that if we understand that better we know how to deal with a lot of those things as they come along
0: yeah i completely agree definitely definitely We different traumas that happen in people's lives and emotional things that happen. And, you know, they happen generationally because, you know, you if you come from a domestic violence situation where you weren't shown much um, affection, well, then you give it, you're bringing your children up potentially, and, you know, I'm not paying everyone with that, but potentially because affection wasn't shown to you, you find it difficult to show affection because you don't understand how that should be shown or, you know,
1: That's it. Um, all of those yeah. different else. See, the matter of, uh, of um, decision comes into that as well of choice because if someone's been abused, they will either go to one, of ex- one or two extremes, they'll become an abuser themselves or they'll go out of their way for that not to happen. My first uh, father-in-law, his father was a drunk, he, he and his brother uh, grew up, and he decided there was no mm-hmm. way he would ever become a drunk, and he never did. You know yeah. he, to have a drink with me, he he, probably the only person he did drink with that I knew of, and it'd be one midi, and that was it. His brother, though, became a uh, a drunk, and it's a case of well, what was it? It was a matter of choice. It was yes, there's some stuff in the DNA, but he decided, no, I'm not going to. His brother went, well, yeah. Dad's like that. That's what I can expect.
0: No, I look, I completely agree with you. It definitely does come down to choice. So. With the campfire project, then what if people are listening to this and are interested and want to get involved? And like, I would love to. Um, how, how do they connect in with you guys? What? How do they get involved?
1: Just do a search on Facebook and look for the campfire project. If they just search in Facebook itself, split the word campfire into two words because if you put in the campfire project but campfire is one word it will take you off to some other group okay so uh, somebody else had the name before i got in so i had to go the campfire group um I know.
0: domain world is just such a big world but can they search for you and will so if, if they do a yep, google they can search, search for me you as then well. will the campfire okay brilliant that's awesome
1: It'll come up there and they'll be able to find it that way. The other thing, too, is that they're looking for me on Facebook, they can search for Alan Stevens, but there are a few yeah. other, other Alan Stevenses out there. Uh, but they search for Celebrity Profiler, Ooh. which is what the media called me several years ago when I did some work with Disney and Gillette. Okay. That, um, they, uh, that'll find me because that's how I put my Facebook page up originally.
0: Oh, okay. Awesome okay that that's probably a whole different podcast that we need to talk about as well <laughs> so okay that's brilliant so then what next for the campfire project just sort of handing the reins off to various different leaders here do are there any other plans that you've got for like the campfire project the um, hashtag we together sort of, initiative as such
1: well the first thing I did was the um, hashtag we together is now a website we together.com.au. au um, a friend of mine put a website together for all the big uh, health um, funds and uh, sporting companies which is an online shopping platform now I don't make any that money out of the campfire projects been designed so that pokers can come in and get clients and everything else but I'll never make money. It's my passion project The same thing with the We Together movement. So this website allows people to go in and go to about fourteen hundred different merchants like eBay, Expedia, Amazon, Coles, Woolworths, JB Hi-Fi, Good Guys, where they can get additional um, savings, and then go to through the the, the, Mm -hmm. my website to that website, those merchants' websites. And they'll make savings on their shopping, but 2% of everything they spend comes back to one of three charities. Oh, cool. Uh, The first charity is Mentoring Men because with Mentoring Men, if you help men to become better men, the recipients of that are their partners, their children, their families, this community. So that was one of them. The next one was the Integra Service Dogs. These are the dogs that they go you know, train at for PTS sufferers, the first-line defenders, military you know, doctors, nurses, etc., ambulance drivers. Yeah. And the third one is Destiny Rescue. These are the men that go undercover into Asia to recover kids from sex slavery. Oh, okay. And so you're supporting them. At the same time, if you buy an e-card, go, uh, you'll save anything and you go to seventeen, sorry, 74 different merchants like Woolworths, like Coles, like JV Hi-Fi, et cetera, and you shop in-store, the card is like just having your, your credit card with you. You'll save anything from 3% to 12% on your shopping. I think at Woolworths you're saving um, uh, 5%, so virtually two shops a year are going to be free. Okay. But that goes back into your pocket. And as I've said, well, if people are saving money on their shopping, then they can also support some of the other charities with some of their savings. It's coming out of their savings, not out of their own pockets. Yeah. So this is all about doing that. In the Campfire Project, though, what we've actually started doing is bringing in more um, of the people who have done one-on-one who are coaches who want to share some of their knowledge. We're doing education segments in there as well.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, yeah.
1: But I've also had a friend of mine who's a psychologist who uh, runs a, a, what do you call it, internet radio station. And as I said, the one-on-ones never go outside the Campfire Project. I'm black and white on that. Um, Once we record it, they stay in the Campfire Project. If the person who I I was interviewing wants a copy, I'll give them a copy that they can do what they like with, but it doesn't get put out by the Campfire Project the panel discussions though because a lot of the guys were saying we work on the job but we can't watch a video through the day but we'd love to be able to listen to these podcasts while we're working so I took the audio out of the videos and put those out on a podcast awesome this friend of mine has turned around and she said well look if you're able to do that can we also put those recordings into the radio station in a regular segment oh cool so that will be going out there and Because I've got more people taking on the role of doing panel discussions and other things, we're looking at um, what's the next step from there? How can I network with more groups, both men and women, getting and working together so we're creating an even bigger global community? But then what else can I think of that we can apply to keep growing? So while I'm not doing the everyday stuff and other people are doing that, it just frees me up to think of more things, take on more ideas, get more suggestions from people and just keep growing it. And
0: just keep growing it, which is awesome. Look, I think you're doing such an awesome, awesome job. I know you've actually said that you would give two gifts to our listeners as well, um, one mm-hmm. of those being a free people-reading course, um, and I'll, mm-hmm. I'll post the URLs on the actual notes for the podcast and also the notes for uh, mm-hmm. on the YouTube uh, channel that we've got. And then the second one you've got, and thank you, you've been so generous, the second one you've got is The Seven Secrets of Reading People, and that's all on your website, but sort of linked to your website, which is great. So that's That's just awesome. Mm -hmm. And um, thank you for that. That's great. So people can actually, like, look at these two free gifts that you've given, but then if they want to know any more information, they can come and either contact yourself, they can contact me as well and the podcast um, and we'll pass on their emails to yourself mm. as well and go from there look I think what you're doing is amazing um I think let's bring together together the world and <laughs> um, and and you know uh, I I don't agree with all of this labeling and naming people like men women you know racism like yeah we need to actually understand that we all live on this planet together and we're all human beings you know we all have Similar feelings and emotions, they're just men that just convey them maybe slightly different to women. It's all good, we just need to understand that. So, I do have one last question for you, Alan. If you had one superpower, what would it be?
1: Ooh, I think because of COVID, I'd like to be able to transport myself in an instant from one location to another, not worry about having to go through airports or anything else. No, fair one. Because If I could do that, I could get around to all the people I've been talking to in the Campfire Project, be able to see all them, connect with them more and be able to get around more. Because with COVID, everything I was doing went on Zoom. Yeah. So I'm doing more in any day than I've ever done before. And so being able to just transport without having to travel.
0: Well, maybe we should just get you a cape and then you can fly everywhere like (laughs) Superman.
1: I'm working
0: on it. Well, you're already a superman, but like, you know. I'm not
1: wearing the undies on the outside, <laughs> oh, no, though. no, no. That's no-no. Yeah. No.
0: And no little, like, yellow boots or anything like that. No, that's fair enough. That's fine. No, oh, look, <laughs> Alan, it's been fantastic talking to you today. Thank you so much. I love what you're doing. I think it's Thank brilliant. You. I'm definitely going to get involved, um, and I've already gone on the Facebook group and uh, and joined, so I sort of can't wait for my... size matter in the bedroom sort of discussion with somebody that would be great but yeah look thank you so much for today it's been brilliant thanks a lot
1: my absolute pleasure and thank you for asking me no it's cool brilliant thank you hey
0: everyone thanks for listening if you enjoyed this podcast and would like to hear more please hit subscribe wherever you like to hear podcasts if you'd like to support us further share this episode with your friends and family on all the usual social media platforms that you're normally on. And finally, drop us a review on iTunes, as I'd love to hear your thoughts, comments, and ideas. It all helps me to understand and produce awesome content that I know you're going to want to hear like this. If you want to check out past episodes, write to us, appear on the podcast, or for links, resources, and show notes go to our website, www.strongsingleandhuman.com. We are also on all the usual social media platforms, Insta, Facey, and Twitter. Have a wonderful week, and I hope to see you back here again soon. Be kind to yourself, and remember, no one's perfect, and we're all just putting one foot in front of the other and doing our best. I'm Claire Martin, and you've been listening to the Strong Single and Human Podcast.